The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. On this computer, and it's most likely recording. You should see that's recording. I now. see it recording, and, yeah. And here we are. We are at Adventures from the Shed 2.0. You probably seem to have my green screen gone here behind me. Uh, <laughs> Good full full good. professional quality where you can see the walls and where the backdrop hits. It's, it's, it's more professional than mine, so I mean, <laughs> you got me on that. Well, unless your green screen effect is to show a plain wall behind you. Nope, it, nope. It, uh, okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So here we are. I am Joe, and with me today is, state your name, please. I'm Jason. Nice to be here. Hey, Jason. All right, I'm going to click this because when it's recording, I like to see it in gallery view, so I'm pressing that button. So here we are. Um, We are uh, getting ready for what I'm calling 2.0, perhaps the online edition. Uh, We're definitely in beta right now because we haven't even started. But it's Adventures from the Shed, and we're going to continue with our tabletop RPG podcasting. We're going to bring it online. And to do so, I've reached out to a couple of different places, Facebook mainly, um, between the Adventures from the Shed page, and reaching out to the uh, huge group in the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I want to say it's 151,000 or something 151K, yeah. I think they just broke 151K just recently. It's a huge group. You can post something and it'll be lost in a few minutes. (laughs) But uh, uh, if you ever want to hear what the best class is, it's asked every day. (laughs) (laughs) You can definitely go check that. I I do, however, want to tell you, it is a closed group, but you can just ask to join. Someone will invite you, what have you. I will say it's an awesome resource. I mention it mainly because that's where Jason saw my post in regards Mm -hmm. to continuing with Adventures from the Shed. So in order to do such a thing, um, are you an Office fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Huge Office fan. Because when I I said that, I wanted to say in order to do such a thing as such and things um, like a Michael Scott at the podium. But we're here... And we're going to talk to Jason a bit. One of the things that we've been asked over the years, and I think, Jason, based on what I've learned a little bit of your experience, I'm sure you've been asked this before, how do I actually get a group started? Well, I've been asked that enough and given enough advice one-sided that I want to make it so that we are showing people and letting them hear how we actually get a group started, especially because we're doing it online. So we can see the interactions. So except for a Facebook message here and there, an email here and there, we're going to put right out there to the community, here's how you start a group, and here's how we did it. So before today, Jason and I had not seen each other, but we had exchanged a few Facebook messages and a couple of emails and set up the Zoom meeting. Um, So here we are, and... We're going to go through a few questions with Jason, and this is something that I advise everyone to do. Talk before you play, and that's what we're going to try out. So, Jason, how are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Work's picking up again, uh, so I get a little bit less time to enjoy the tabletop side of my hobbies, but uh, it's it's good to be uh, getting out of the house, actually, and uh, actually back into the real world. Uh, I'm out here in Arizona, and it's about 110 degrees outside, so yeah, it's a little warm, a little toasty, but uh, yeah. still, it's, it's nice. It's one of those things, you know, usually I'd hate going outside in the summertime, but since I've been cooped up inside, I'll, I'll deal with the heat just to get out for a bit. So. But it's a dry heat. <laughs> I will take a dry heat any day over a humid or a wet. Yeah. I, will, I will back that up to anybody. I have, uh, I've been to Texas before where I have some stores that I, I operate at, and Oh yeah, it's just it's it's muggy, it's nasty sometimes. I'll take a dry yeah. heat. And here in um, South Carolina, it definitely we we get both. Like for whatever reason, yesterday, it, I mean, we're talking June seventeenth would be yesterday. Uh, we were at about sixty-one degrees Ooh. and overcast. That's not South Carolina in June. That's South Carolina in November, December. So it it was weird. Uh, but by this weekend, we'll be back up in the mid-90s. Um, a few days ago, it was a oppressive humidity. You know, you could walk outside and swim to the car kind of thing. Oh, well, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't deal with that. I, I prefer the dry heat. And then, you know, the heat out here is only really bad for like two and a half months. Then it's like T-shirt and basketball short weather for the rest of the year. So I'll, I'll take oh. that any day. 
So um, uh, the other thing I want to ask you is uh, when we when we play, uh, do you see yourself having available? Well, let me tell you what, what my expected logistics is. And we're going to talk with everybody on this. But <clears throat> again, part of trying to get a group together is making sure everyone can participate. Yep. Um, my my thought is, in order to maintain what I've done over the years, which is about an hour a week, for that to work, we would need to play maybe a two-hour session every other week, or we play a one-hour session each week, which can be, as you, I'm sure you know, kind of tough to jump back into it, but if we could be prepared, that could be something that could work. Um, I mean, that also would lend itself to even streaming it, but... Um, I don't know, it depends on how many people in my house are they're streaming Netflix at the same time. <laughs> but uh, there's that. And then there's also um, an option that w- was kind of the way we did the audio podcast where we would get together for the whole day. And that was really, it was in person, everyone sitting around the table in the shed. And we would um, get together sometime around 10 in the morning till about four in the afternoon. And during that time, we'd take breaks, we'd chat. I mean, we're all, we all were friendly to start with and became very good friends over the years. Uh, and even, even with the, the, po- the podcast cast changing. So the other thing I was thinking is if we did something like every two or three weeks did three hours, and of course three hours really means like three and a half with breaks, but <clears throat> do you see yourself being able to pull off, uh, that kind of time commitment, uh, one, two or three hours, um, every week other week or so absolutely i mean barring any kind of you know natural human element that comes up with you know scheduling issues and things like that you know scheduling has always been the bane of tabletop games in my opinion and the scourge of dms for so long (laughs) um but uh, i'm open to any of those right now you know i typically i work I work in an office, uh, in an office, in corporate office, and so I'm working, you know, Monday through Friday uh, up until around five o'clock. Evenings, I'm typically free. Fridays, I, I, I run games. Saturdays, I run games as well. I, I have four games that I'm currently DMing uh, at the moment. Um, but I, I, I always, yeah, I always make, I always make time for tabletop stuff, and it's something you know I, I'm personally invested in, and uh, you know, absolutely, uh, and very flexible as far as scheduling goes. Besides, of course, the obligation of work. Right. Okay. So, yeah, what, what I would expect is um, I, I have an office job. However, for the foreseeable future, I'm working from home. I'm actually yeah. sitting in my home office, which I just switched the work Mac to my Mac and do this. <laughs> but um, yeah, don't get those I, confused. <laughs> yeah. my, my normal work day is, is U.S. Eastern, but seven to four. Um, yep. which means my availability is pretty much after 4 p.m. Eastern. And we'll have to do some coordination. You're in Arizona. Um, there, there are two people that I, I, I'm already expecting to be on the podcast. One is a returning cast member. He's an Eastern, and then the other one is also Eastern. Uh, another guy I talked to was Central. Yes, he was Central. One hour. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we'll find overlapping times. And if it comes down to we can only find an hour and a half here and there, but everyone can be together, that works. But mm-hmm. I'm shooting, my, my ideal, especially when we, want, um, when we want a more concentrated game that is podcastable, meaning not a lot of looking up rules, not a lot of sitting, waiting for somebody to answer something, uh, no dead air. You probably notice I'll talk to fill in almost everything but um when we do that i want to have usually four people at the table and myself so five total and with that it allows that if one person's out we can still do three players and a game master and it still works out well Uh, more than four players usually starts to get too noisy and i think for online it would be way too noisy uh too many people because we have to this is something I put up on my post. We have to know to shut up so we can hear the other people online. And that's a tough one when you're used to side conversations at the table. But if we can stay conscious of it, it's a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking at four people, four players, plus myself. Uh, I would be running the game. We're going to uh, attempt to start with a low-level uh, D&D 5th edition. 
And with that, let me ask you, uh, you're running, what did you say, 25 games right now? I think. <laughs> One day, four? That point. it's four, yeah, four games yeah. right now. Um, uh, two of which are, I haven't run in the past couple of weeks as a, obviously the country's reopening and some people are going back to work, but we're looking to pick those up again in July. So uh, four get campaigns in total. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a really rewarding experience running D and D and ab- absolutely in love with the hobby and addicted to it. So I'm down to make whatever uh, time arrangements to make it happen because um, you know, I DM a lot. I don't get a chance to play a lot, which, you know, you know, is not always fun The forever DM as they always yeah. say. Uh, but I'm absolutely 100%, uh, you know, for, you know, adjusting schedules myself here and, you know, making sure that uh, I can make myself available to the group because it's not just me and my schedule and, you know, causing issues. And like that. I want to make sure that, you know, everyone gets to go, get, get to the, together at the table and play and, you know, have fun. So, yeah, absolutely. That schedule sounds fine. And I, you know, fully can commit to that. And uh, you know, I'll make sure that my other games <laughs> are fully aware. Yeah. Uh, uh, most of my sessions that IDM run around three and a half to about five hours, depending on the night. And so, you know, uh, as long as I can balance all those out, yeah, I'm 100% open for it. Sure. Um, so that brings me to, with that many different things going on, I'm sure you've experimented in different game systems and different types of games. What is your tabletop role-playing game experience look like? So, uh, very new, actually. I've only been uh, tabletopping for about two years. I've worked in the gaming industry for about 17 years. I've uh, been all up and down, and I'm actually uh, the corporate trainer for Play Live Nation. They're a chain of gaming lounges where they offer Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, um, all sorts of things. And, you know, talking several years ago with uh, one of our reps from Wizards, they said, you know what, you should really learn how to play these things if you're going to be training staff on them. I'm like, you know what, you make some smart sense there, my friend. (laughs) And so I I got my... uh, I got my wife together and some of my friends and I said, Hey, let's just do this. I just need to try it out once so I can see what it's like. And I had them all come to the table. There were uh, seven of them and I ran my first D and D game and uh, I'm running that still two years later. They're still playing and they're still all coming together. Something that was completely unexpected. Um, I'm learning, I'm learning undeadwood right now, which is a different tabletop system in the weird West. And that's uh, very unique. I like it a lot because uh, it seems to have a little bit more, um, uh, role play opportunities that are different as far as setting and because of the theme of the Weird West uh, you know I'm, I'm not seeing the these typical tropes that I'm used to seeing uh, yeah. DMing Dungeons and Dragons for as long time um, but yeah I've, I've been learning that but again uh, Warhammer Dungeons and Dragons and um, uh, Undeadwood would be my pretty much my experience here I've dabbled in a few other ones but nothing I would say that would make me you know an expert or you know yeah. really relatively knowledgeable on them to a degree <laughs> It's okay not to be an expert. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But uh, what, um, g- looking through the systems that you've played, uh, you know, expert or not, um, and any systems you've seen played, what, what mechanic do you like out of um, any specific system? Well, I mean, quite honestly, Dungeons and Dragons is the one that I absolutely love the most as far as mechanics. The mechanics don't get in the way of the game, and it's explicitly stated, you know, even by uh, the developers and the creators at, at Wizards, that you know the game and the fun should come first. Um, you know, Warhammer, for example, has a ton of mechanics in there with the dice rolls. I mean, you can be rolling yeah. six hundred dice in one one yep. attack, and that's a lot, and especially for 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 new players. And you know, Dungeons and Dragons for me, the mechanics that I really love are the fact that they made it easy for the DM to make rulings without having to, you know. Mm-hmm. Pages, page. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, uh, okay. Yeah. I got to look at this here. Where's my fifteenth book? You bring it over here. You don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. You yeah. can simply make that ruling, and you can again talk with your players about it afterwards. You know, I always say to any the DMs that I teach at my at my position right now for our stores is make sure you have those sessions where you tell them, hey, I'll make a ruling just to keep things moving. That way, we don't get hung up on fighting with the rules. You know, it's not going to derail the game. It's not going to ruin something. And we'll talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, the favorite mechanic is the fact that they get mechanics out of the way to a large degree and allow creativity, allow fun role play, and you know that kind of rule of cool to really you know take center stage in the actual game. Yeah, 
and that, that's that's a very good point because that's one of the things that um, I tried to mention in the post that I had made. Um, I know I'd, I've done this in a couple of places. I, th- I think it was a copy paste, so I'll probably remember it right. But the idea that when we play, I was calling it a fast paced fifth edition D and D. If something comes up and we need to look it up because play cannot continue, we'll make play continue. And then afterwards, look it up. And I don't even necessarily go back and say, all right, well, it should have been this way, so let's go back and fix it. I say, no, just next time it comes up, let's try and remember that. Because I don't want to go back and say, well, you really should have killed him in one shot, but we just spent three hours on a combat. That was a lot of fun. I'm not going to go back and say, all right, he's dead. Nothing nothing, nothing just happened. And that's unfortunate. So that's one of the things that I definitely like doing is – um, just pushing the story forward, you mentioned in the um, Undead Wood that uh, it, it focused or gave you more freedom with the role playing aspect. And for yeah. me, that's the key. There's another game that we've played a fair amount on the podcast. It is probably my favorite system. It's called Dungeon World. Um, a few years ago, they won some awards, uh, I want to say four or five years ago. But that's how I first saw it, first, first heard of it. And that game, the entire rule book is like a paperback that's about this thick. And it's, um, it's all based around pushing the story forward. It is, what do you do next? And you say what you're doing. It's only at one point, at a point where you're doing something that requires some randomness. And, and to be fair, D&D and most systems are like this. It's only when yeah. you get to a situation that requires some sort of suspense, some sort of randomness to it. But if you're just going to open the door and the door's unlocked, you don't have to roll a perception check to find the knob. Yeah, you really don't. You just, the door's open, you're through it. Let's look at what's on the other side. So yeah, I like that you mentioned that because that's something that we'll definitely be doing. Um, Excellent. As far as the genre, I imagine Undead would being the Weird West. Um, you played enough D anD D, so the you know the medieval fantasy or whatever we yep. want to call it. Uh, what kind of genres have you found exciting when playing or watching somebody play? Oh, easy. That's easy. I mean, for me, I'm a huge nerd, and uh, I love. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) All all day. All day. Um, But uh, space for me is it. Uh, When I went to college, I I majored in in astronomy and stuff like that. So I love that. So anything space-wise, I absolutely am hooked into. Um, You know, I've, I've watched. Uh, Star Wars campaigns that have been taken place and that have been adapted into the D&D universe and other kind of game systems. Uh, Starfinder, obviously, I've, I've watched some of that here, and I'm looking to totally run those in the future here once I get more comfortable uh, with the actual mechanics of the game and how it works. But yeah, space for me, that's the ultimate setting. I, I absolutely love the sci-fi. I, I love the idea of uh, exploring that, you know, vast unknown that, you know, yeah. there, there's so many opportunities for, for life and that there's so much emptiness and so much deadness to it as well. Um, you know, that's for me, my, my personal favorite style of genre. I'll argue to the day, I'm a big gamer as well, that <laughs> Mass Effect was the one of the best series of games that have ever released, even though the ending to number three was heartbreaking and I was one of those people who uh, blew their lid a little bit, <laughs> maybe a little bit undeservingly yeah. towards Bioware, um, but it's because I was so invested in in that universe, um, mm. you know, and, and that's, that's the power of games, though. I mean, the fact yeah. they can make feel just so many different emotions um in this in this setting it, it's 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 truly you know why i've worked in the gaming industry for as long as i have so but yeah space for me definitely the, so the on the podcast world. we have played um two of the star wars boxes i think it's uh, age of the empire or age of rebellion and edge of the empire I was going to mix those together. Uh, we played those. Uh, we've also played Star Trek Adventures, which is um, set in the next generation time frame, which is actually my favorite. Um, not that I'm not a fan of Star Wars, but there's hundreds of hours of Star Trek Next Generation. And, mm. you know, as far as canon goes, there's a lot less time of Star Wars to watch. And um, there's, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy, for me at least, as well, when it comes to a space game because of that that unknown now granted 
when we're talking about an RPG, everything's unknown until someone says it, but <laughs> I do that the atmosphere does make a difference or lack of atmosphere in this case, right? Yeah, the, absolutely. The, the ability to go somewhere where you wouldn't have thought of what it was to begin with, because we all have preconceived notions, even for something that you would call the weird West. All right, weird and mm -hmm. wild West. We've already got an idea of what that should look like. But when you say space, you know, except for the pale blue dot and these pictures of the, the cosmos that are, you know, still blurry 25 years after the first ones were taken or whatever. It, it's still, we don't know what's there. And, yep. we, you know, we're hopeful and movies show us so many different things. I, I, do, I definitely like that idea. So um, you, you've already inspired me that we'll probably end up play, playing something space at some point too. Uh, I'm, I'm really all for it. it. I'm all for it. And, you know, again, it's, it, it's so it's so vivid as far as what allows for the imagination in space because you're talking unlike you know the medieval setting the high medieval setting even high fantasy there are still you know expectations and tropes that you can fall back on whereas space you can go to an entirely different planet that is completely changed on its gravity from top end to bottom and that in itself that one little mechanic can make for some really interesting storytelling and exploration and you know that's one of the key things i love about tabletop stuff is the fact that you're exploring these things with your friends and it really allows you to think uh and use that side of your brain um to to have that fantasy have that um disconnection from what's going on in the real world to a degree and enjoy it and really just get immersed in it just like you know a good book or a good video game or a good movie and you know for me space it, you know i've also been planning some some things in my off time to like oh this would be really cool to have this planet this planet here uh yeah. for for an adventure um yeah it's just it's limitless opportunities and the you know my opinion as a you know as a, as a sculptor of the universe it gives you just way more options to a large level uh yeah. than a weird west high fantasy things like that yeah when we talk about the uh, high fantasy type game um to get to there essentially a wizard has to do it right yep. Yep. <laughs> i mean you can get all those places but somebody had to do it um <laughs> So th that actually made me think between that and, and what you were saying about the, the possibilities out in space. I'm curious of um, your opinion between things like high magic, low magic, high tech, low tech. If, you're, if you were playing a space adventure, would your ideal be, you know, everyone gets a deadly ray gun or is it more like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Firefly where oh, yeah. you're using, well, fire, yeah, fire, so you're still using a, a, a pistol, right? Yeah. Um, it, where where along that spectrum do you think you fall? Well, I personally would fall under the, you know, getting out of the revolvers and that kind of stuff. There. Nothing there's any wrong with it, because again, I'm a huge fan of Firefly and Surrender. Yeah. I think they did a, just a phenomenal job. Show ended way too soon. Um, yeah. But uh, I personally, when I think of going to space, you know, interstellar travel and things like that, I really just hook on to myself personally the lasers the ray guns now i'm not yeah. saying that everyone should have these things because you know that would just make them all you know dull and generic i want them to have meaning behind you know how did i get this ray gun is it something that i stole is it something that i have from the military what you know just like any kind of rpg you build a backstory for it but for me i i would lean more toward that star trek-esque uh style of technology mm -hmm. and that's simply because uh i feel that it also gives that element of magic to the universe. Yeah. Whereas again, we don't understand how, well, how does a transporter work? Well, technically it's, it's magic to us right now. <laughs> yeah. There's no way of actually doing it. So for me, it would give that element of being able to do that. And it would give, it gives me as a person who's building the world, um, you know, the ability to let the players do things that would be maybe outside, um, you know, normal technological means and things like that but i'm a fan of both uh but for me personally i would latch more onto building something along the lines of you know that lightsaber the, mm -hmm. the phasers those kind of really cool iconic weaponry that you know players would really get excited over finding or seeing and actually being able to use in game um versus say you know a, an old school revolver a pistol or a rifle or, yeah. or, or something of that that magnitude um but that's you're still going to land on a planet that has those old oh, yeah. weapons absolutely. as well, right? I mean, gunpowder still got to be useful to somebody somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. And then again, you're going to land on those planets that they don't have the guns at all. And they have mm -hmm. spears, and a spear is still deadly. It's still dangerous, to you, regardless of what you might have. So, yeah, I mean, that's why you know I absolutely love it because you get just varying worlds, varying levels of culture and society, uh, which is very unique for a player who 
would potentially be coming from an elevated essence is I have technology, I have intelligence to travel the stars, yeah. to I'm going to a planet where they look to the stars as gods still, yeah. and they have no idea what it means. They feel the Earth maybe still is flat. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you come down, you know, how do you react to those people? Do you even react to those people? And, you know, how do those people react to you, this spaceman yeah. or woman? coming down. So I think it just, again, it just leaves that stuff. But for me, I, I really like the the phasers. I love the stuff, you know, Mass Effect, again, I'll call that game out. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite series. If you read the, if you read the codex, and I might be one of the few people who actually read the entire codex of this, it gives out, you know, how the FTL drives work, how their metagel packs work, and it releases a flood of, uh, you know, uh, a yeah. fluid into it. I mean, it's, it's really that's crazy cool. stuff, but, but me personally, that's just, I'm a nerd like that. So I, I, yeah. I, I, that's, that's what gets to me. So that actually makes me think of another um, another question. When it comes to a character, do you want to see? And we're we're again the plan is a D and D fifth edition, so you're familiar yep. with that. Absolutely. But do you want to see all of those skills and proficiencies? Is because I mean the the way you just described that is n- knowing a lot of the details, liking the recipe as much as the cooking kind of thing, mm-hmm. and what. Do you like to have those numbers in there? Are they just not as important? What do you feel? I guess the real question is number crunching. Where does that fall in for you? Is it important that you have the highest perception in the group because you want the highest number? Or is it you just want your character to be more perceptive, that kind of thing? Yeah, no, I, the numbers for me, I always, and I've, I've said this, and you know, I've said this in the D&D groups and stuff that I'm a part of as well, you know, I'll take a flawed character uh, over stats any single day of the week, and, you know, I might build a character out that I, oh, I want to be a captain and things like that, but the you know, numbers for me, I, I don't like to min-max, and I don't even like to encourage my players to dump all their stats into maybe that one particular thing, because your character's going to grow, and you want to have that room to have that adaptation maybe he starts off wanting to be a space captain but his first dog fight goes horribly awry and now he doesn't want to he is he is nervous he's he's timid he's like i he gets into this hand and he puts his hand to the wheel and it shakes and yeah. he's like i i just i can't i can't get it behind the wheel anymore now i'm going to switch over to maybe science or engineering or yes. something along those so for me uh, not necessarily i do like to have my players be able to have play, have characters that they can play which aren't like ones that are horribly underpowered or you know their stats are just completely wrong and I've, I've talked to players about that before and i've gotten their opinion as far as why they were wanting to put this stat here uh when it might not make sense and you know maybe they had a very valid or logical reason for it and i've let them do it obviously and they've had fun um but for me the numbers aren't you know, the end all be all the game. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a big number pusher when it comes down to building out a character, uh, you know, build it the way you feel it should be built, build it so that you can have fun and enjoy playing it. Um, Cause you might be able to build that tank, but if the tank is not fun to play, then why bother? Why do it? Why invest hours of your life into right. this here right. uh, when you're not going to get any kind of enjoyment or any kind of growth out of it as well. That's, that's the big thing for me. Cool. Um, now, as far as, so we're going to talk about characters a little. You mentioned a tank. Um, there's all, all the different tropes, of course, you mentioned earlier as well. The different style of play, the starship captain, the scientist, uh, uh, the, the fighter, the rogue, all of those. So you, you said you've been um, only playing for a couple of years, but having been around it as long as you have, clearly there must be at least one character that you have either played or seen that you were like that's a cool character absolutely so uh i might sound a little bit biased here but my wife's character uh she yeah yeah, i'm a little little bit biased a little bit biased uh but uh she made it she made legitimately a absolutely fantastic character it was a genasi monk named zuli and, you know, I talked to her about, you know, the background of Genasi and, you know, how they were, you know, in the book, you know, evil or whatever it might have been. And we, we threw that away. She said, no, that's not how I want to see it. I want to be this here. And so she developed this this Genasi character whose, you know, father was a, a Asian who uh, who had relations with a woman here, you know, uh birth her but her backstory was was you know typical kind of tragic at first but as we unrolled and developed it we found out that you know she was grow up she grew up in a monastery 
the only Janasi inside that monastery. And so she didn't have the best social skills. And so that translated into the game and the way she played it. And she's not a role player. She's not a, you know, an actor or anything like that. Never had tabletop experience before. But the growth of that character going from, oh, I'm a monk doing monk things into really getting into, I'm, I'm socially awkward. I'm really not good at talking to people and not just because of a roll of the dice it was she she really she she went into it full bore uh she t- talked to somebody and instead of introducing herself like hi how are you doing she's like hi how are you doing she like put the inflection yeah. into it that's and for cool. me that was one of the coolest things and for me i think that's really when i got hooked into uh the game as far as you know its possibilities and seeing a side of you know my wife I've never seen before to a large level playing this character and now it's grown we've been playing that character for two years now and it's you know she's level uh, thirteen or fourteen now and um, seeing the the entire film so that would be my favorite uh, particular yeah. character as far as just um, seeing that growth within the character and having someone play it from the beginning inception not knowing what to do confused about the rule system, confused about how things work, uh, to really jumping into the physical story and how that character's mannerisms uh, really would respond in-game. Um, so it, it makes it that because she's she's gotten into it and, and you're providing the atmosphere for her to do it, that she's now making decisions based on the character, not on do I even know what this game is about, right? So exactly. maybe the, something comes up in the adventure and it just comes into, well, this is what the monk would do. It's not, what do I think would happen next, right? And that, yeah. that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, when you grow into a character and when you're part of providing that adventure and, and, and the whole world, essentially, for that character to grow, yeah, there's definitely a good feeling behind that. Is, um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. That makes, me, that makes me believe that I'm doing a good job as a DM, <laughs> yes. as we all want to believe. <laughs> yes. Um, that actually just reminded me. There was this one thing I saw on Amazon. I'm sure it's, not, it's everywhere, but um, there's a uh, saying, and somebody just stuck DM at the end, but it's world's okayest yep. DM. World's and okay. I, I still yeah. want to get myself that mug yep. because it's, it's funny. But I have. Yeah, I'm hoping that I get that for Father's Day here for my kids. <laughs> there you go. The um, so the other the other thing that question leads into is adventure, campaign, scenario, single day, whatever it is. There's there, what specific instance stood out to you? Whether again, whether it's a full campaign or one single session or even just like one combat, one little adventure. What what was it, and why was it so cool? Well, um, I, I homebrew all my games. I, 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 I don't run modules. I found that I can't really run modules because I, I don't like going back and forth from a book, and I don't like having a pre-planned kind of thing here. Nothing against modules, and the modules that they make are phenomenal. And yeah. you know, I, I've seen I've seen them run beautifully uh, from some of the people who I've who I've known. Um, but everything's yeah. homebrewed. Um, you know, the mo- the coolest experience for me, and I thought I was going to kill my players. I legitimately thought they were all going to die. Um, you do all- mean characters, right? Yeah, all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they stumbled into a a giant um, layer, a, a, a group of hill giants that were together, and they were not high level characters. They stumbled in because they got chased out of a forest by uh, sun elves who they were who they were dealing with, and they made their way up there. And their sneakiest player rolled horribly. It was a critical <laughs> fail on trying to get past these and these three giants came out and they were going to kill them. And I was like, they're going to die. They're going to die. And I was, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to kill my first group here. I feel awful, but I'm going to do it because you know, that's the integrity of the game. Um, but the, uh, the, the dragonborn and the monk who was in the group, uh, they were able to convince these giants that they were actually their, the giants deity. And they were taking uh, um, the form of this boulder who they had around there as a show of strength uh, to, uh, to to come down and, and command them to help them do things. And I, I didn't even really have them roll for mm-hmm. persuasion on it, except for once, because what they said and how they said it was so good. It was yeah. so good. And that's something that, you know, I feel as a DM we should do more. When they yeah. tell you something and it makes sense, it sounds good, and it's just, it's that rule of cool, you know, don't have them roll 17 times to see yeah. if it hits. You know, I had them roll once 
uh, to see you know if at the end of the thing they they would they would help them and they did and uh, to this day here it's one of their favorite memories in the game when they're talking about it they still call my my one player uh, they call him the Boulder King because of of what he did and and how he was able to save the group at that one point in time from these hill giants that were going to really smash him there. I mean, looking just number wise and, you know, uh, action economy from both parties, there Mm -hmm. was very little chance that they could have probably survived. Um, But it was, it was a really cool experience. And that's, you know, that's one of the fun things about D and D and adventuring is I have no idea what's inside these people's heads. So that's one of the things that um, I personally prefer to homebrew when you were mentioning earlier about uh, not running modules. Um, I would encourage you to try at some point, especially if oh, you I have a new group. I no, have. try, try yeah, the um, D&D starter set. Oh, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It, it's, oh, my gosh, it's so darn good. Um, yep, I uh, I actually had my well, I, I, I I DM for a lot of new people, quite honestly, here because it wasn't common amongst my friends to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I've been hooking them into it. Uh, I convinced one of my wife's friends to come down, and she is not a gamer at any stretch of the imagination. Uh, she played the first game, and she was like, "This is freaking awesome!" Uh, <laughs> she went out to Target, she bought the starter kit, she bought her first cool. dice set. She's she's running games for her kids now, and her husband, and everything. And uh, yeah, she says, you know super easy so yeah the starter set um from what i hear and from what i i personally have heard feedback from is yeah absolutely 100 percent. run it if you're a brand new dm even if you're not because one of the great parts about it is when we talk about rules um there is i think it's a 64 page book that comes with it and half of it is rules that's about it and everything that the characters can do is right on the character sheet through the end of the adventure. And you level up, choose one of these things. When you level up, choose one of the, and it's all right there. And I just thought it was really well presented. Um, the other thing I was thinking about when you mentioned the modules is, and this goes back to myself, but also you can catch it in the, the, um, the audio podcast, you know, promote myself. But uh, there are a few adventures where I ran the pre-published and I always pick on myself for saying pre-published. They're just published because pre-published means it's not out there yet, right? But anyway, <laughs> the published adventures, we're running them and you could clearly hear me. Oh my gosh. I, I just want to tell you that, yes, this guy has it, but I've got to flip forward to make sure I'm not going to break the rest of the adventure. Yep. You want this from this blacksmith, but you know, later on, you might have to get that from someone else. And if I say yes now, when we get to that part, I've got to make up something different. It's, it's like compound lies. And I have to remember <laughs> all the way back to the beginning, the first lie yeah. I said. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And yeah. that's the one thing about the published adventures that gets me. When, um, when we played uh, Curse of Strahd on the podcast, it was run by one of the other people on the podcast and I got to be a player and I'm like, cool. I don't have to remember anything except for what my character does. This is perfect. Cause I have that book. Um, a friend of mine who started on the podcast and then went off and, and started his own actually asked me to host Curse of Strahd on his podcast last year. I think it was last year. And, um, that I, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to do this. And I'm just flipping through the book, trying to learn what's going to happen. And, and I just ended up running it like I would have ran something I made up and tried to make the adventure fit in. And oh my gosh, was it like, I felt like I was doing something wrong the entire yep. time. Yep. And um, it was still fun. I mean, I got to sit around the table with a group of people playing a fun game. That's great. And um it just it made me feel like uh, I, I'm I'm way too enclosed yep. in the cover of this book. I, I can't get outside of the cover. I know I can, but what happens when I get outside the cover and they have the sun sword which they needed for part of the adventure? And right from the beginning, I described it wrong, and then we look in the book and it's something different. I'm like, well, crap! It's going to be what I said now. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn it. But, um, on further inspection, when you look at it again, <laughs> exactly. I'm not going back and changing it. But uh, so we 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 definitely experience that. I think on a regular basis. I love to hear it's homebrewed. Um, I have been thinking that to start the game, um, I might try and support somebody else by going to the DMs Guild online and finding like a one to two or one to three adventure 
just mm-hmm. so I can have a couple of things. So I'm thinking if I get it digitally, the, I'm still trying to figure out how I might do it, but put something up on the screen, that kind of thing. Anyway, um, that's something that we might do. I'm more likely to just homebrew it. But yeah. um, in another session, I'm sure we'll talk about how we're actually going to handle characters and dice and stuff like that. Um, I don't think anybody I've talked to yet is a virtual tabletop guru. Um, I could do it. I'm an IT guy. I know how to do these things, but I don't want to do it while I'm running the game. I'd rather yeah. have somebody else take care of the the interface while I actually run a game. Um, yeah, I, I switched over to my game since we had to run them all since quarantine, all that kind of stuff. We we use uh, you know a Zoom kind of meeting as well, and I have two cameras, and I still use an actual map uh, with figures on there versus actually doing a virtual one because I'm in the same boat. You know, balancing you know Discord chats with them asking me things because they can't ask me at the table anymore and they don't want to yeah. talk over someone else doing things and then doing that and that at the same time. Yeah. It's, 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 that's rough. Um, so I, I would fully agree with you on that one. So, you know, if someone else can yeah. run the virtual side of this. You're going to do a virtual tabletop. Most likely will allow you to actually still focus on DMing and, you know, hosting the actual show. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, <clears throat> there was another question. Well, while I'm thinking of what, whatever else the other thing was, what questions do you have for me? Well, I mean, uh, quite honestly, uh, so far we've, we've answered quite a few things as far as, you know, your expected time frame, as mm-hmm. far as, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, homeroom content or, you know, getting yeah. something from DMs Guild. Um, you know, I personally, when I'm looking for inspiration, I go to DMs Guild or I look in my modules and I'll just take ideas from it and then I'll yeah. just make them into my own to a large degree here. Um, you know, uh, I, I really don't have a whole lot of questions for you other than some maybe fun ones like, you know, uh, you know, what's the, what, what was the longest session that would you say you would ever ran as far as total time at the table? All right. Depends on what you mean by session. <laughs> so let me tell you what the longest time I spent at a table essentially was. And this is something that's actually with the podcast. It's up on YouTube. There was uh, three years ago, three, I'm going to say it's three years ago. Um, there's a, an organization called Extra Life, which supports yep, uh, Life, children's yeah. hospitals. You're familiar with that. Absolutely. Phenomenal, they do their phenomenal. game day. And November, two or three years ago, whatever it was, I did the full 24-hour game day streamed mm-hmm. on YouTube. So I started midnight and went to the next midnight. And I, there were two breaks because at the time, YouTube said that you could not stream for more than eight hours. So I said, well, that's good for me. That's when I'll take a break. So I'll take a break at eight hours, another one. At eight. So in reality, there's probably something like 23 hours and 20 minutes or something like that. Um, but in that 24-hour period, I had two different RPG groups in the shed. Um, we also had sessions where we were just talking about stuff. It actually, it actually ended with my younger daughter and I sitting at um, – the table playing uh would you rather card game <laughs> and it was just it, that was the longest session i've had of gaming and aside from that a single session of playing one game about eight hours or so um okay. one of my friends from the podcast uh once a year his he had a group from i think he said back from high school uh and they did what they called a mancation and it, renting a house somewhere. In this case, the one time I went, it was in Tennessee, and it was a lake house, and there were six people there. And the entire time, they rented for, I think it was six days. I was there for five. Um, but the entire time is wake up, game, eat, game, sleep, game, wake up, game. Right? And it, it was just like that the whole time. And I would say at any given day there, we probably spent 10 hours and between myself and my friend was the only time I feel like we successfully pulled off a co-DM thing. I essentially oh. handled all of the role play in the NPC speak, and he handled all of the mechanics. So any, if they were going over to another place, he would tell them, here's where you're going, here's what it looks like. And then if there's a character in there, then it was me to play that part. And it, that was actually pretty cool. That sounds awesome. Sounds like a fun, fun time. Yeah, uh, yeah got, definitely got me beat. Uh, I had some of my uh, my fellow DMs that I've learned from. Uh, they've taken part in the Extra Life stuff, wonderful organization. And uh, one of them did a 48-hour uh, uh, run, and he went uh, from 
uh, what was it, 8 a.m. to I believe it was 10 a.m. the next day with only one break, and it was like a 30 minute break where he just had some food real quick. He didn't even yeah. eat. He was eating at the table, yeah. and at the end of it, at the end of the thing, I mean, he, he was gone. He was done. I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, Dwayne, are you all right? He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, roll, roll, roll the back. I'm like, dude. Yeah. I feel like after the 24 hours, I probably could have made it through that next morning, but I don't yeah. think I could have made it through another day. Uh, I, I can't even imagine trying to RP an NPC after uh, 24 hours straight. I can't even imagine what kind of NPC that would be, yeah. what kind of voice you would have. <laughs> yeah, so, and I was, I was just thinking about another thing too, where one of the thing, one of the adventures that happened during that game day um, is one of those where you, you always hear the saying, uh, no matter what you do, whatever you plan, the players will mess it up, right? And, yep. you know, there's a hundred different ways to say it, but essentially the players are going to ruin your plans. And I mean, in reality, sure, that happens mm, less than half the time, but it happens enough that we all know it, right? Yep. But um, you mentioned the thing with the Giants and the, the Boulder King, and uh, all I'm thinking of, you know, the um, Avatar, the series? Oh, yeah, yeah. The boulder. boulder. The when you said that, that's all I could think is the boulder king. The boulder is conflicted. But um, it was a similar situation where the, I, I set everything up that day to be one shots. We were just going to play through something. And yeah. for me, I was like, all right, I'm going to give these guys the perfect, easy, I know what they're going to do. It's going to be railroaded, although they're the ones that are going to railroad themselves because I'm going to set it up this way. Right? So I tell them, all right, the, the adventure is you have to save this person who's dying. You need these three ingredients. You have to go get them. And, you know, you know there's like this, the flower on the top of the mountain that only blooms at a certain time during the day and it's surrounded by all this. The first thing they were supposed to go pick up was a vial of troll's blood. So I said, how convenient. Right down the river, there's a village that's been terrorized by a troll. It's murdered people. It comes and it crushes buildings, then it goes back to its house. So, of course, players are going to go kill the troll, get the blood, and bring it back. No, 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 no. About an hour and a half later, they had a vial of troll's blood given up by the troll in exchange for tea and crumpets. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's the, the beauty game. of the game. It's the beauty of the game. That's what yes. I love. It's the beauty of the and game. So tea and crumpets came up for the rest of the session, and it just became, <laughs> you know, an ongoing insider joke. But it was that kind of situation where um, it didn't really matter. It went up to the troll's um, lair, and I, I just made it so the guy had a big door. They knocked on the door, and the troll's on the other side, like, who is it? And all of a sudden, they're like, uh, delivery, tea and crumpets. Like, what the hell are these people doing? <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> what do you want? We just need some of your blood and we'll give you tea. And oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I wish we had the technology to see, like, x ray our thought bubbles in our heads when players did things. It's just to see, just to see the hamster on our wheel just fall off for a second. Yeah process what they did and get back on the wheel and, and make it make sense <laughs> yeah and it's hysterical i always like to say and it sounds like from one of the things you had said earlier where they have all the ideas too it sounds like um you're in a similar boat to me where i love to say i only need to come up with one fifth of what's going on here yep. everyone else Absolutely. can come up with everything i don't really need to know everything about the world no because it's way more important, and, and as a player, you become way more invested invested in your in your character, in the world, if you made it up, whether you know it or not, right? Absolutely. So uh, ask somebody, um, your character is from this big city, right? And you lived in the upper class part of the big city. Well, I don't know, three, four months later, we go to the big city, and I say, you're going to go visit home? You know, who is your favorite um, tea shop around there? What, well, what's the uh, upper scale blacksmith like compared to this grimy guy who works down in the uh, marketplace? And that it, I'll get responses like, how'd you know? And I'm like, well, because this is where your character's from. So you yeah. get to describe what it all looks like. I don't have to. And yeah. also, I'm, I'm a genius. I'm, I'm a genius. I just know these things. Exactly. That's the <laughs> you know, that, that to me is you know, the sign of really good, uh, you know, DMing is letting the characters explore and build. 
um, because that's what they should be doing. They should absolutely be doing it. I love it when a player comes up to me. I just, I started a new game. I'm in game six right now at the new group. And uh, the, the one, uh, she plays a, 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 a fallen Asimar, and she has a background where she was raised by gnomes in this secret gnome society. And they're, they build things across the world and all these things like that. And I'm like, that's great. You know, let's do it. Let's run it. And she asked, you know, she asked me questions like, can this big city, is this here? I'm like, it, absolutely. It is now. It is now there by the magic of, you know, the game is there mm-hmm. now. And so we're being able to explore that with her now in the game. And, uh, you know, I get messages from her uh, through through Discord and things like that. And, you know, just invested in, in what's going on with the character. And, you know, she her group messed up uh, a mission that they were invested in. And she had to go face the repercussions. And, you know, you know when I see a player uh, on the screen and she's like, I'm so stressed right now. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a good job. And it's not just yeah. because I made the story. It's because they are invested in it because they made it. They took a, a large chunk and molding what was around there. You know, that's what you know, we really should be trying to do as, as, as game masters or dungeon masters. Yeah, I like the old, um, so I think it originated maybe in improv or wherever, but the yes and. Yes and, yeah. Improv. Uh, and it's the idea of somebody says, um, all right, is there a chandelier in the room? Yes. And what are you going to do with it? Because the only reason you're asking me is because you had an idea. Let's yeah. run with it now. I'm not going to say, yeah, and it's crystal and it has candles on it and only one of them's lit. Like, no, yes. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> Just, let's find out. Are you going to swash buckle away here or what? Uh, so that, that's, a, that's definitely a good thing. And it, it's building on letting people get into the, the world that they're seeing because yep. it's one of the what I felt was kind of a, a eureka moment for me years ago on the internet. I, I wish I could give credit to the, the person I had read it from, and they may not have even been the first ones, but the idea that in the real world, we can keep secrets. In an RPG, everything is a secret. So you don't know anything unless it's said out loud. Your character doesn't have a backstory unless you say it. At yep. some point during the game, you can write four pages and then at the end of a campaign say, my backstory never came out. That's all you had to do is say it. Yep. And, but it, everything, it's the opposite of the real world. Nothing is visible until somebody speaks it into existence. And in the real world, we can see everything and you can keep secrets. Secrets are not cool in an RPG. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And also for players, know your backstories. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just make it simple and make it up as you go for that matter. Yeah. Well, well, I had a player and, you know, uh, he struggles with RP and, you know, you know, he's still playing and, you know, he's gotten a lot better. You know, he's, he's definitely progressive. But I was trying to get him more involved in the RP by uh, he, he sent me his backstory and I was like, OK, I read it. I'm like, OK, pretty, pretty stereotypical. He's going after the woman he loves. I can work with that, though. Absolutely. And he, he put effort in. Great. Yeah. So in the story, I put down in the village that he was in an actual person that he said, this orc that was responsible for kidnapping her in the village. And he, I was like, you see him. What do you want to do? He looked at me and he, like a deer caught in the headlights. He goes, huh? I forgot, I forgot my backstory. And I was just like, you forgot your backstory. And I found out yeah. later on, he didn't, he didn't actually write his backstory. He had a friend write it for him. And I was like, and that's what I had to say. Okay, there you got to make it yourself. You gotta yeah. make yourself. And since then, you know, he's gotten a lot better. But that was one of those moments where I was like, I was waiting. I was waiting for that aha yeah. moment. Like, I can do RP now. I can jump into it. And he's like, uh, I, uh, forgot my ba- I forgot my backstory. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Let, me, was let like, me text Johnny. I think he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. And, you know, actually, that brings me to another thing I was going to mention. As far as logistics go, um, I'd like to say it on the podcast before, too. Um, we're all adults. If you want to sit there and use your phone, you're getting an important text, somebody comes in the room, yeah. so be it, right? It's not a big deal. We hit mute and do whatever yep. you need to do. Say, I need to take a five-minute break. Um, I don't think any of us are going to be sitting on the toilet while we're playing. Therefore, I expect people to have to get up at some point. <laughs> um you know, having a drink of water, having, wow, it's a green cup. <laughs> think about that. That's there awesome. Ah! Anyway, <laughs> I amuse myself. The, uh, the, the reality is we, we all know, and if yeah. we need to take a break, we take a break. It's always good that everybody takes a break at the same time when we want to break in between an episode or whatever. But um, 
Yeah, I just want to mention when I was talking about texting, I honestly don't care if you're doing that, yeah. especially if there's a point in the game where you're like, all right, everybody else is going to do this thing, and I really need to go take care of this, so I'll be right back. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I personally don't care either, as long as it's not detracting from the group. If you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're mid-sentence in, in, a, in, a, in a heat of the moment, and hold on. You know, <laughs> just, say, yeah, just tell me, if you're going to do that, say, hey, I got a really quick call here. This is, yeah. seems like it's important. Then I'll stop. I'll pause. But when you just ignore it completely, then that's when you know, I'm like, okay, that's just, you know, there's other people at the table. Be respectful to the players. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and do the same to you. You wouldn't want them to, you know, jump in your moment and or yep. they are not muted while they're munching on, you know, Doritos, and you just hear that. Because <laughs> you know, playing online, uh, it does take a different level of concentration and focus to a degree. And yeah. you know, because we have the word wonders of the internet with us, <laughs> and yeah. I can be doing something else or I can be looking up something at the same time. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it either. I just say, you know, be respectful. And, you know, luckily for me, I haven't had any problems with that at any of my table so far. And so, yeah. um, I've heard some horror stories from some other DMs, but yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, it happens. It really does. Yeah. And there, yeah. there are just the times where you're looking at somebody thinking you drove here to play this. Yep. Uh, or did you really just want to come hang out with people? Because you know, yeah. you don't have to have a character. If you really just want to sit around and watch everyone else play and do Absolutely. your little hobby, your craft, the thing you brought with you, go for it. Yeah, it, that's fine. Absolutely. With me. Yeah, that's and I, I've even. But if you don't want to, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've I've even had a point where, um, uh, behind the scenes, I had to ask somebody in the podcast, "Are you going to play?" <laughs> because we'd go through hours, and you'd hear four out of the five people at the table for almost the entire time. I'm like, it's cool that you're here, but if you don't want to speak, we don't have to mic you because <laughs> yeah. I mic everyone individually. And anyway, yeah, so that, that's definitely a good point. Make sure here, I, I know as part of building the group, we're going to have the knowledge a little bit about the personality, the focus, the, um, you know, the, the ability to actually pay attention while we're going. Um, and that's good. So that, that's, that's a good plus. Um, and I, damn it, I'm getting too old to remember the last question. So I'm not going to ask <laughs> you then. Um, what else you got? Anything? Uh, I mean, this has been wonderful. I mean, I, cool. I've, I've loved, uh, you know, the conversation so far. It's been mm. very, very riveting. Uh, <laughs> I could go on and on all day about D&D if you, if you let me. But <laughs> we, we will just in future episodes. Just in future episodes. Yeah, <laughs> maintain go. the content yeah. so that you're not you know, going over the same time. But yeah, I could, I could go on all day. I love oh. to talk. Um, you know, that's something that I'm, I, I do for a living. So <laughs> I can go That's on cool. all day and all night. And I can sympathize with that a little because with um, communication skills I have, being an IT person, I'm usually asked to show people things a lot. I've actually yep. traveled the world training people. It's not part. It's not my, the main part of my job, but I've done that. And yeah, I can sympathize with the, with that piece. Or maybe empathize is a better word. But um, because I don't think it deserves sympathy. <laughs> uh, some, sometimes it does. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. It, I like that aspect. And like you said, you, you, one of the things you do is talk for a living. And for me now. Um, the latest iteration of my job working from home, I'm talking less to people and yeah. this is actually going to be a nice thing to get back yeah. into the podcast. Talk to some more people as well. Absolutely. I, I, I trained my first class back from, uh, from home here again. Some, uh, you know, obviously I'm from Arizona. We had a, another spike in COVID cases, unfortunately, uh, because of reopening everything. So I'm still from work from home, but works again. I had my first class and I spent, I think, a good 30 or 40 minutes just talking to them about how things were yeah. <laughs> versus actually training them on any actual content yeah. they were supposed to over. We ended up talking about video mm-hmm. games for a while. We talked mm-hmm. about a bunch of different things. And so, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. It's, it's a nice reprieve uh, to be able to have that interaction, whether it be, you know, on camera. It's still interaction, and it's mm-hmm. still something, you know, has been sorely missed and that humans need. Yes. Yeah. We're a social creature. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So I think we could probably wrap it up for now. Um, okay. I don't think, I swear I'm going to, as soon question. as I stop recording, I'm going to remember. I know it's not important. It wasn't like, what's your favorite color? But it wasn't, <laughs> you know, a key question. I'm sure it was softball and so, whatever. Um, and I actually convinced myself I wasn't going to use, I have an iPad right here, and I wasn't going to uh, to use it because I couldn't get the screen to extend right, and I'm going to whine about my technical problems. But when it comes to the podcast, it's all the technical problems and successes 
have been mine because I'm the only one doing it. <laughs> so like, if you if you check out the um, the YouTube stuff uh, specifically, uh, the, the, I call that out specifically because you'll see in some of the episodes, I'm actually running five different cameras in the room at oh, the wow. same time, and I'm switching between them, and we're looking at the table, we're looking at dice rolls, and uh, the whole time, that's also me actually running the game. So I'm, I'm pressing the buttons and moving things around. And that's where I say, it, it, I love it myself. If I can handle it, I'll be doing it. It's great. Yeah. But um, yeah. You are a better problems. man than me. You're better than <laughs> uh, one of my, one of my groups was, uh, he streams, he's, he's a game. He's, he wanted to stream some of our, uh, some of our things. And since we're all enjoying online anyways, so I was like, that's fine. So he's the one who actually controls like the little uh, boxes that people are in the canvas. I don't have to yeah. deal with that. So like I said, I mean, hats off to you on that one. That's uh, <laughs> you're a better stuff. man than I am. <laughs> it's fun stuff. If, if you get the right equipment together to make it happen, it's cool. But um all right, so let's wrap this up, and I'll let you know. Uh, okay. I, I don't. I guess earlier I said what day it was because yesterday was the seventeenth, so today's the eighteenth. What I'm really hoping at this point, um, we I, I've got two other people that I'm going to put on, uh, do a recording of as well, okay. and then uh, what I'd love to say is by the end of next week we should have scheduled our day zero session where we all Sounds get good. together and talk. That's what I want to have and the way we'll be working it. And of course, one of the reasons I want to say all this while we're still on is this is all part of getting your group together. Make sure you yep. have the open communication and, and hopefully clear expectations. This yep. is a little different. One of the things you would see if we were in person, I'd be taking a lot of notes. Yeah. I don't necessarily have to hear because I can actually go back and listen <laughs> if I want to. Right? But um, and, and then in a way, that's cool. But I would encourage people normally if you're face to face, take, take notes. notes. Yeah, take it's, notes. it's a yeah. huge plus. Take and, notes, um, take notes. Yeah, so what I'll hopefully again by the end of next week, um, there'll be an email for trying to coordinate and it'll, I'll start with an introductory message of um, this is my email. Here are the, the four people that we're inviting to be here for session zero and let's pick a time, right? So we'll do that. I, I really don't know how long it'll last, but we're going to probably shoot for an hour and get that up and then during that time plan out when can we actually play who might want to play what kind of character that kind of thing that's what we'll yeah. try and figure out well but, if it's anything like this it might go longer than an hour because oh, i yeah. know that we initially wanted to do what you said like 30 minutes like, okay yeah. it's <laughs> I at least 30 so that when the people are listening to it on their drive if they have more than a half hour drive i don't know this is actually something i said in a previous uh one of these two but um, I started this whole thing because I wanted to do something that sounded better than what I already was listening to. So I started right, yeah. listening to other people playing. And when I say sounded better, I mean literally sounded better. Most of yeah. the other ones I could listen to were really good quality playing, DMs. The, the, what they were playing was yeah. a lot of fun to listen to. I spent hundreds of hours listening. But I realized almost all the time, all right, so this group of six people, sounds like they're sitting in a room that's 40 by 40 yep. and they're using the laptop microphone and and I can hear them but why is it that only the loud person sits next to the microphone yep. Right? Yep. so I said to myself at one point I want to make it so that you can hear everybody and uh, I was mentioning earlier everyone's mic'd individually I, I would have five channels and when we were done if somebody I realized was quiet the whole time I could boost the sound up before I yep. put it into mp3 but anyway all yeah. that aside. Um, well, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. You know, yeah. people, when they watch movies and stuff, they can forgive bad editing or a bad angle, but when yeah. an audio is off, it takes them completely out of that moment and it completely yeah. ruins it. And so I completely get that audio is incredibly important, especially for me. And again, you know, that is the limits of technology for yeah. some people. Some people just don't have that ability, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I've listened to tons and tons of content. And yeah, sometimes that audio where... You, somebody's saying something, oh, they're saying something. Are they saying? Yeah, what a, hopefully a loud you person up, will repeat it. Yeah, you jam up the volume and then that loud person comes on. You're like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Let's turn it back down. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be, um, we'll be getting ready, hopefully, by the end of June is my first, my, my hope. Okay. By the end of June of this year, we should all be together and recording whatever that day zero session looks like for us. Because I think it, it can be a little different for every group. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll put that out there and um, hopefully again within the, 
I'd say probably within five, six days, you'll be getting an email from me with the others on it, and we'll try and set up a time. Well, I'm excited to, to get it started here. And again, you know, for everybody who's thinking about how to get a, get a game going, it's, it's easier than you might think to a large degree. You just yeah. have to, again, be able to – There's you can search groups in your local area out here in Arizona. I'm part of two different Facebook groups where they have group finders for people in the local area who want to play locally and some who want to play online, some who want to play by, play by post. But it's just getting yourself out there and, you know, asking. And, you know, if uh, you're thinking about potentially being a storyteller – you know, roping some friends. I did that yeah. and I have a, a game going for the past two years and I've had a chance to see more of my friends and family members than I have usually seen. You know, I saw them on holidays. <laughs> that yeah. was it. Or, you know, on the birthday. But now I see them every week or every other week, depending on my group. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a truly rewarding experience. But it is possible. Absolutely possible. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned the storyteller thing. That, that made me think of something else. Um, a lot of times when people say, uh, I don't want to jam because I'm too afraid. And a lot of times the advice is, don't be afraid. It's not that difficult. What what I'd like to say sometimes, at least depending on the person, is, no, go ahead. Be afraid. Be afraid like yeah. before you got on the roller coaster. Absolutely. And then enjoy it like when you went back on it five more times that day. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there, there's plenty to be afraid of, but there's also plenty of excitement that goes along with it, the enjoyment. If you're thinking you want to do it, chances are you're going to be good at it. Yep. If you think you never want to do it, don't worry about it. Don't bother. But if you think you want to do it, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be good at it. So Absolutely. go for it. Be afraid and, and take the leap. And I, if you weren't afraid of doing that, I would be all easily scared as a player because maybe you don't have <laughs> You know, you haven't put some time into it. You're yeah. just like, I showed up. Let's play. What do we do? Ah, who's your character? I'm, I'm Jason. Um, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. You know, yeah. that fear is also a good thing because it makes sure that you are prepared. It makes sure it yeah. allows you. I was, I was incredibly nervous the first time I ever ran a game. I had all my books there with me, and I was like, had my hand over them when we were playing, yeah. and I was like, all right, let's go ahead. Oh, you want to do this? Ah, okay. And uh. then after like. 30 or 40 minutes of actually in the game and actually seeing how it plays and feeling out the other players who are there, it just became natural yeah. and it just became something that you're able to do. And it's something that's really rewarding. And, you know, as humans, I've always said, I say this to anybody, we all want to tell a story. We all want to have social interaction with our friends and be able to share in that. That's something we've done since the beginning of time. And it's something that's inherent to us that I believe personally. So try it. You know, what's the worst yeah. that can happen if you, if you try? You know, maybe you fail. Maybe you, you don't do as well as you can. Try again. No one's great at something right off the bat. Just do it, you know. And if you really, like you said, if you really don't want to do it and you have no inkling, then stay away. Find, find a DM. <laughs> there, are, there are DMs out yeah. there. <laughs> Even though people always say there's a shortage of DMs, um, we need more players than DMs. So oh, it's yeah. okay if you want Absolutely. to be a player. Yeah. If you look at any of those groups, you'll see quite a few postings being DM looking for players. Yeah. DM, I lost two players here. Can I get a player here? There are yep. plenty of DMs that are hungry to tell stories uh, that don't have groups. And again, it's just to find that connection just like here today. I mean, yep. uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking cool. with uh, Joe here and for the very too, first Jason. time. And uh, I'm excited to uh, be able to run some games with him. Uh, all things, fingers crossed, everything moves forward as planned. <laughs> I, th I think it will. Again, I have no reason to think it won't at this point. Um, <laughs> but, hey, I didn't think we'd have a global pandemic a few months ago either. Right. So, yep. Right. Yep. Um, and I know that's taking it to the extreme, but we can now because it happened. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right? we, we don't have to make up a global catastrophe anymore because it yep. happened. Um, but cool. On that bombshell, I guess we get to wrap it up for this time. Thank you again, Jason, for being here. Well, thanks and, for having uh, me. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're very welcome. And uh, we will catch up again very soon. All right. Sounds good. Have a great day. Bye. And the preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. <laughs>